It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, we had a historic showing to start the season, and I'm not even talking about the PGA Tour. And our guest this week is an old friend with a new calling. She's the leader of the LPGA, and we preview the start of their 2022 campaign. The men's stories still take place in Hawaii at the Sony Open. You know, it may be cold outside there, Wade, but you can't stop the heat in this studio. Give me the peppers. Well, he said it right there. You know you're going to win big. And it was that kind of week, my friend. It was that kind of week. So ask me how my week's going. How's your week going there, Keith? Ugh, unbelievable. We cleaned up last weekend at the Century Tournament of Champions. A little uh, fantastic start to the read the line. Oh, when you say clean History up, bucks. what do you mean exactly by clean up? I uh, had nothing to do with a vacuum or Swiffers or anything else. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Cue that up. <laughs> Every oh, oh. Take a bath in it. <laughs> the Stuart Symphony right there. <laughs> I love that thing. Take a bath in it. I, you know that that presents a very in- interesting image. It does. It does. But um, now hard coins. All kidding aside, you know I've been doing this stuff behind the scenes for years, and we've put the business out there. Read the line, and it was one heck of a weekend to start 2022's campaign. We picked the winner pre-tournament. Um, we went five and one on prop bets. Nice. That includes lives and uh, the ones pre-tournament. We went nine and three on matchups. So if you were reading the line by Monday, you were reading your bank account. Yes, I love it, man. Hit the ATM all weekend. And we're back at it again this weekend too with the Sony Open. Published it on Wednesday. You know, if you're not subscribing yet, um, like I say all the time on Twitter, subscribe, read. And win. I mean, this this knowledge that I have, these 25 years of being a club professional, um, has to be good for something. With great power comes great responsibility. Yes, and I and I believe that for all of my members for read the line. Right. You know, so 1-800 Gambler, gamble responsibly. All right, and um, have some fun at the same time because watching the golf coming down, watching my wife. Watch the golf down the stretch on Sunday with Cam Smith with a one-shot lead, and she's betting Cam Smith. I was waiting to see how that sentence was going to end. I, I'm sorry. I, I know the timing there. But the delivery was. I had to take a breath. Love the pause. It was yes. perfect. Well, it's dramatic, if nothing else. Um, speaking of, I'll just skip. Well, I got to finish this story. I mean, just watching her watch the golf. The number one player in the world. She's like, who's this John Rahm guy? He's so good. I go, he's the number one player in the world. She goes, why didn't we bet him? I go, because we bet the other guy. She's like, what's with his hair? I said, I don't know. I said, but don't cut it, you know, like Samson. Anyway, the guy got it done. And uh, it was just a lot of fun to start the season. Not every week will be like that, unfortunately. But it was great to start that way. Build a little bankroll and roll right into uh, the second week in Hawaii and and continue to have some fun and continue to get all these subscribers coming in and the feedback. It's just awesome. it's just tremendous. So thanks to everybody. Uh, I'm glad we had fun last weekend and let's do it again this weekend. And speaking of doing something this weekend, we are going to interview one of our very good friends of the show. 
Uh, she joined us way back in episode eight. That's before my time. Well, before my time with you. Yes, yes. Episode eight. It was back in the Al Brooks days, yeah. right? I was in the building. I just wasn't in your room in the building. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we were we were we were building this this rapport at that you know just we we, we sensed each other's presence in like a Jedi sort yes, of way. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. There's a disturbance. Yes. There's definitely there, there's been a disturbance for like <laughs> ever since ever since for like so uh, this is episode 194 to give you the perspective there. Um, That's more, Mr. Wade. It's more than eight. Yeah, it's more than eight. That's for sure. So um, her name is Molly Marcusaman. At that time, she was the AD, the athletic director at Princeton University. And now she is the new and the 10th commissioner of the LPGA. Can't wait to talk to her. Their season starts next week at Lake Nona down in Orlando, a golf course that I worked at, that I've I've played at so many times. Can't wait to have some fun with her this afternoon. Go back down memory row. Are, are both of us working across the street from one another in Princeton. Going to be a lot of fun. And you know who else is having a lot of fun? Is Kevin Na, right? He is your leader over there at the Sony Open. A little nine under yesterday. Oh. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, is there a better concert sing-along song no, no than Hey Jude? It's a great one, yeah. Oh, man. That's a great. But our bars too. Don't forget that. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's like it's like a mini concert. It's like a microcosm concert. Anyway, Kevin Nah, yeah, you can play that the whole time. Yeah, he was nine under, and uh, he. I mean, the guy hits eighty five percent of his greens. He he puts the lights out of it. I mean, actually, for his standards, he kind of put the ball um, somewhat average yesterday. But you know, he played well, and he's got the round one lead, nine under. And he's the defending champion, so there's a lot of reasons to get on the Kevin Na train right now. I'm not necessarily on it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there are horses for courses there at Sony, and I talked a lot about that and read the line, but um, I don't know. It's tough to sustain 61 for four straight days, so we'll see how it turns out. Now, speaking of sustaining, we got to talk about my man Jim Furyk. Okay. This guy, PGA Tour champions, all right, his first Sony Open was 1994. All right, it's now 2022, and he's out there on the Champions Tour. And he the only reason he's in Hawaii is because the Champions Tour starts next week in Hawaii. So he's just there literally on vacation. <laughs> he goes out in the morning round, shoots eight under, makes 155 feet of putts. Un- unbelievable. I mean, you got to love Furyk. You know, I think uh, he's just one of those guys. I, he's made, I think he's like in the top five all-time career earnings wow. on the PGA really? Tour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's well... It's well in like the 70 million range or something, 60, 70 million range. It's crazy. It's crazy. The guy's broken 60 twice. He shot 58 one time, shot 59 on another time. And I mean, as so many people have said over the years, he, his golf swing looks like somebody falling out of a tree wrestling a snake. <laughs> so I, it's just one of those things. I think it was David Faraday had said that. So hat tip to him. No points for style. Doesn't um, matter. He is tied with Russell Henley at eight under. Russell Henley only hit, he only missed one green yesterday. So, I mean, he's probably hitting it all right. And the guys were scoring very well. I, I think, you know, of the 144 player field, 150 of them were under par. So it's one of those things. There's no wind again over there in Hawaii. The golf course conditions are perfect. We're going to enjoy primetime golf for one more week, as you'll see it tonight and tomorrow. And, of course, closing out on Sunday uh, in and around the um, football playoffs that are about to take yeah, place. Right, you know, right. we're starting first round one of the playoffs. And you know what else we're starting? Something cool. And we had talked about this way back in November. And that was that Netflix was going to partner up with the PGA Tour. 
And they already have this little thing called the F1 Drive to Survive. Have you watched any of that series? No, you, you did start to tell me about it, I believe, though. Yes. So um, around that time, I started to watch some of these episodes. And they are behind-the-scenes looks at the F1 drivers and during the season and everything. And it, it it's an unbelievable take on what's going on. And it's very authentic. And it's very raw and real in what they're doing. And it has grown viewership of F1 like you wouldn't believe. All right. So for an average race in 2018 on ESPN for an F1 series, they have like 20 races a year. Mm-hmm. About 550,000 people are watching on ESPN. Okay. Okay. Now it's almost a million. It's grown over 70%. Wow. That's okay. Got the interest clearly. Yes. And these, these races now internationally, they are super, super popular. All right. 90 million people watch these races all over the globe. Mm-hmm. To give you an idea, last year's Super Bowl, 96 million. Right. All right. Now, Tom Brady was playing, so maybe people took a lot of things for granted, but the Super Bowl is usually 100 million. That's one event. These events happen 20 times a year, and people are tuning in. It raises a ton of revenue. So the PGA Tour um, isn't popular enough, and I love this thinking. Tom Alter and the guys down there that are they are doing Jay Monahan, they're doing what they're doing, right? They are grabbing the same producers and direction team of the F1 of the F1 series and they're putting this thing together and the the list of people that are involved Colin Morikawa, DJ, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, Xander, uh Brooks, it, it goes on and on. Tony Fino, uh Tommy Fleetwood, Sergio, Ricky Fowler, all right? There's a couple names missing off the list. Um, Mr. Foot and Mouth, Bryson DeChambeau, he, he didn't get involved. Uh, I mean, all right, so I got to go here with this. So he was asked, why didn't you get involved in the Netflix new PGA Tour series? And we'll get into the timing of this in a second, but sure. I, I got to tell you these quotes. He said, well, there's a lot of factors going on in that. This is DeChambeau, of course, right? Um, there, was, there wasn't a deal that was struck that was, you know, really, really very well for my side of it. <laughs> He goes, I love Netflix. I watch it. I have a great time with it. Whatever that means. It. But just for me, it wasn't the right, it wasn't right at the present moment, right? And then he goes on further because only he can do, right? He he starts to comment on, he goes, there's a lot of great people on there. People meaning his fellow PGA Tour players, yeah. um, which I'm sure they appreciate. They, they're just people, right? Guys <laughs> like Colin Morikawa, second in the world. There's a lot of great people on there. He goes, if I was to go on there, yeah, it would be cool to see, but I feel like there's a lot more interesting stories. You've got Harry Higgs. You've got numerous others. So he just throws Harry Higgs in the mix, right? You know, the big rig, whatever. Um, I don't want to take the light away from them for their potential to grow themselves in a manner that's unique to them, where they're already pretty far behind. They have the opportunity to grow a lot more than I do in that regard. Huh. Right. I, I wish I had a sound effect for stirring a pot. Oh, God. Well, no, I, here's the thing, though. He is totally one of those people who's like, you know, a super genius, but just cannot have a personal conversation, right? Right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, right. He, and he definitely only opens his mouth to change feet. I mean, he just keeps talking. It, he is one of those people that he has to learn to when to stop. You don't think it's intentional. You don't think he's doing this to... to, to oh, it doesn't connect. It doesn't connect. The synapses do not connect he's like in his like the Sheldon brain. of golf. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, the timeline in all of this, they started at the Hero World Ch- um, Challenge over there in uh, the Bahamas back in December. They will record through the season. They have 
a huge coup on this. They got all four majors, which are run by four different institutions, to agree to allow there to be footage there. The PGA Tour is all in. And then it was like, all right, well, the PGA Tour is going to manipulate all this stuff, and they're going to put out the package that they want. Well, F1 didn't do that. And the company that's doing this wouldn't sign that again. The PGA Tour says we have given up editorial rights. Okay. So we're going behind the scenes. You know, it's Sunday morning at Augusta, and Victor Hovland, whatever he's having for breakfast or whatever DJ's doing for breakfast, you know, well, um, Brooks behind the scenes. I mean, that's the guy. That's the guy right there that's involved that I think can do the most. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they got Spieth. They yeah, got Spieth. Yeah. It's great. The fact that they give editorial editorial control speaks volumes. Too. Yeah. So we will be seeing this probably late next fall in coverage and leading up to the 2023 start of the year and the season and the momentum involved in all of that. Everyone is super psyched about this. I don't know how you can't be. The game is going to get more and more popular, more and more people involved. I love where we're at with this. We'll keep growing alongside with it. It's just fantastic. It's just it's just wonderful, wonderful news for the game of golf. In a week where, you know, there was some distressing news. And I got to bring it down a notch here just for a second. I know I'm excited about a number of things, our guest and everything else today. But the game of golf lost one of its super storytellers this week in a gentleman by the name of Tim Rosefort. And you'll remember him. He was the bald guy that was on the Golf Channel all the time with the glasses that, that was basically golf's number one insider. And he grew up through Sports Illustrated and Golf World and Golf Week. And he is definitely, I mean, the, the outpouring of emotion. I did not, I've never met Tim Rosefort, but I can tell you as someone who loves to be a storyteller inside and around and try to translate this great game of ours, I would look up to somebody like him. He's a motivator in my life. He's one of those people that was extremely hardworking and super, super kind. And I hope that all of us kind of just take a moment at some point this week or this year as, you know, they did a great recap of his life and a memorial kind of video with Rich Lerner from the Golf Channel. If you get a chance, go look at that on YouTube. Um, really just everything was very, very well said. Rest in peace, Rosie. There are so many people out here in the golf world whose lives you have touched the number one Rolodex in all of the game. And certainly your storytelling will be missed. And it's just one of those things where time moves on and uh, we just can't wait to hopefully there'll never be another person to replace you, but that, you know, maybe all of the impressions and the mentorship and the time that you spent being kind to others will be passed along and there'll be another great generation of golf journalists. So well put. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. You know where we are. Quarter past three here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with the LPGA's leading lady, Molly Marku Saman. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm going to win big. Deshaun Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. His name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, me Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. 
Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Now, our guest today is a person who competes with a Warriors mentality. If you want to win, she's the perfect team captain. This brilliant businesswoman leads by example, plays any game with passion, and is always up for a challenge. Her current test is to improve on the amazing popularity of the LPGA. As their 10th commissioner, Molly Marcuse-Saman takes over and sets the strategy needed to continue growing their association. I know this. After watching her from across the street for seven years, I cannot wait to experience where women's professional golf goes next. Join me as we talk to Molly this afternoon and preview the future of the LPGA. And here we go. We're off and running with the LPGA's commissioner, my friend, Molly Marcuse-Saman. Welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon? Hey, Keith. So where, how did you know that that was one of my very favorite songs? I think if Kim Mazaros from Princeton is listening to this, she will be laughing uh, hysterically because I always talk about that song and we would play it as a walk-up song in various staff meetings. And So did you know that or did you just kind of come up with that on your own? Well, you know what? Um, I like to think that the pro show is radio's most thoughtful show. And uh, we love our guests here and we like to do a little homework on them. So um, I would I would keep your ears at attention because um, that's not the only surprise I have for you, my friend. And, you know, I was doing a little history. You were on my eighth episode of this show. And this is episode number 194. So welcome back. Wow. Wow, yes. it's been it's it hasn't even been that long. You're you've been very busy. Uh, yeah, you know you know what though, N- nobody's as busy as you though because you are running the LPGA now. The season's about to start next week, and thanks for coming on to help us preview it and tell us what's going on. But what are you most excited about to start this tw- 2022 campaign? Well, I feel like I have uh, you know such a better perspective, and to see the whole well personally, just to see the entire year. You know, I came in mid-year and I got to see a number of our amazing events and experience them, but now I get to see the first half of it. So to kind of put it all together for me personally, but as an organization, I mean, what what is better than $90 million in purses, 
some exciting formats, some tremendous partners um, all over the world. I don't know how anything could be more exciting for a sports organization. So, um, you know, those are some some big picture things I'm excited about. But I just, you know, have heard so much about each one of our events, and each one is unique. Each one has a, a different group of partners. Each one is in a different location. And so for me to be able to see them all in person is um, something that I'm really excited for. And we're getting started, as you know, next week. So um, I'll have a chance to do it really quickly. Well, speaking of really quickly, you know, in baptism by fire, you you did jump in. You just mentioned it in the middle of the season. And I'm curious because, you know, from the start, you were drinking from a fire hose. What was your first impression back over the summer when you took the reins? Well, I mean, I had I had a lot to learn and I still have a lot to learn. So, again, I obviously went into this with my eyes and my ears wide open so I could take it all in and be able to um, kind of I always like to say you make something complex as simple as you can and, and then set the strategy from there. But I think when I you know, my first impression was I can't believe how talented these women are. You know, we're talking about the best 100, 150 uh, women golfers in the world and, and to see them up close and personal and, and seeing what they do on a day-to-day basis and see the talent that they had. Um, the other thing I would say is how passionate people are about the LPGA um, from the partners, the players, the people, you know, and the professionals. I think people really feel a lot like a college athletic program, to be honest. I think they feel like they're part of the organization. Everyone's rowing in the same direction, trying to make uh, something fantastic. And and that was really, really fun to see the energy and the passion from, you know, CEOs at the, at the highest level of their organization, how they personally were invested in the success of the LPGA. Um, I was pretty amazed by that. Well, you know, I'm proudly portraying my passion this afternoon. I have my LPGA tie-dye hoodie on as I interview you here in the studio, having some fun. <laughs> And you brought it up right there. You talked, you made a quick comparison and I I want to dig in there for a second. You talked about university athletics or collegiate athletics and kind of compared it to um, professional golf, you know, in, in a roundabout way. Is this new role really that different than what you were doing before? I think it's very similar in many ways. It's also, you know, it's obviously different in, in, in many ways as well. But I think the things that are similar is, is kind of, they're kind of what I just said is that it, it is not, um, it doesn't feel like a competitive environment where all the players are competing against each other. Obviously, that's what they're doing. And every week they want to win and they um, spend their lives trying to win. But they, they want their friends and their fellow players on the tour to, to do well also. And they're, they're all really committed to each other. And so that comes out really clearly when you're on the tour. And I think that's unique with the LPGA. And, um, and then when you see, again, the partners and the, the staff and the professionals and everybody coming together to make this organization better, it feels like a college athletic program where you have multiple teams, you have, you know, sort of a, a large constituency that's interested in the product, all coming together to make it great. So the, the Rolex Awards at the CME uh, Championship was sort of a, another example of that. I felt like it was a, a varsity club uh, dinner or award ceremony. It was sort of everybody really excited about the whole organization and feeling like they're all on a team together. So and um, you know and then from a from an operation and business stand, it's it's making a taking a complex organization with many moving parts and trying to move it forward. And I think that's the same as running a, a college athletic program. Well, you know, there's a large constituency 
say that three times fast, <laughs> around this neighborhood here that, that listens to this show, and they're very familiar with you. And uh, if they're not, then, you know, folks, this is Molly Marcuse-Simon. She's the LPGA commissioner, and we have her on to preview the start of the 2022 LPGA season beginning next week at the Hilton Grand Vacations down there at Lake Nona in Orlando. I'm curious, for somebody who was a soccer player, was a hockey player, grew up as a golfer, Golf has always kind of taken um, an, an impactful role in your life, working at Chelsea Piers, uh, becoming an athletic director. You know, your fir- one of your first hires was the women's golf coach. I remember that. That was like the first time that we met. You wrote your senior thesis on the history of women's sports, specifically focusing on women and playing in the game of golf. Why is it that golf has this common thread or is, is, is really always been a part of your life? Yeah, golf is just remarkably unique in so many different ways. And I feel very fortunate that I was exposed to it as a young, a young girl whose parents didn't play golf and who really had never played golf and really knew very little about it. But I've told this story many times, but, you know, my brother, uh, some of his friends wanted to play at the local public course and he started playing and what my brother did, I kind of wanted to do. And so, and I love sports and was passionate about it. And so, so, um, you know, fortunately, I got this opportunity. My parents were like, I, well, I don't know, go find some golf clubs someplace. And I think my first set of clubs we bought maybe at a garage sale or we got someone to give them to us. And I just fell in love with it. It's so hard, first of all. It's so challenging on a personal level. It brings out so many important character um, sort of character development opportunities from, from integrity and perseverance and failing often and coming back and trying again. And um, so for me, it, it helped in my development as a young girl and giving me that platform. Also, I met so many interesting people and had to be in so many environments that I never would have been in as a kid. So playing all day long at this public golf course, I had to behave myself and sort of learn the rules of the game and and the etiquette. But I also played with people that I never would have intersected with as a 12, 13-year-old young girl. I played with some of the senior citizens that were at the course all day long and had to be polite and had to be respectful and and had to hold myself appropriately in that in that situation. And then, you know, moving on through life, there's there's nothing better than golf in terms of opening up opportunities on a business side. So I got to play in things with my bosses at Chelsea Piers that my my colleagues and my other peers were not necessarily being invited to because they weren't golfers. And so it, it and I got to know my my bosses much better through that environment and and that's happened many times, and I know that's happened to many of your listeners, too, that if you play golf, you get invited to things that really help move your career forward. So I love the game as a, as a game, and then I love the opportunities that it brings to people and the, the, the community building and the network building. Um, so I've been passionate about golf since I was 12 years old, and then now to have this opportunity uh, is pretty, pretty a pinch-me moment and pretty remarkable for me at this point. Well, folks, you know, how about my pinch me moment? Make sure you're writing those things down. Play some golf. It will open some doors. There's there's no doubt about that. Now, when you talk about career development, and I know this is something that's very important to you. You always talked about um, treating your coaches like CEOs over at Princeton, and I'm sure you treat your team the same way there at the LPGA. But you are you are known, at least in my world, for having these amazing sayings to get people fired up as if you were a coach yourself. Do you have any new sayings that you want to share that you've been using behind the scenes to get your team organized and ready for this new season at the LPGA? 
I mean, I haven't developed quite as many as I had maybe had at, at Princeton. Um, you know that people maybe made fun of me because I used some of the same phrases over and over again. But I, I think that you always draw on your experience. You know, I, I think I draw on some of the things that I, I learned from um, my bosses at Chelsea Peers, and I've used many of those phrases uh, several times in my uh, conversations with my staff here. And, you know, one of the main ones, I, one, one of the main ones that I've even mentioned before is one of my bosses at Chelsea Peers used to say, you know, smart people make complicated things simple, and dumb people make simple things complicated. So I really tried to take that and say, guys, we're dealing with a really complex kind of organization and ecosystem. Let's drill it down to the most simple things that we need to do to be wildly successful. Um, so, you know, things like that. There, there's a lot of those. And, you know, I, I love those things. And I, I like to, you know, we've been talking about being great here at, at uh, the LPGA. And being great is a lot like being a tiger. So the same word, you know, being growth-minded, being uh, respectful, uh, being uh, ethical, being accountable, and being team-oriented. Um, so we talk about being acting like a founder at the LPGA, but also being great and acting like a founder are some of the things that I've kind of brought to the team here. But if you think about those words, those are the words that really, I think, drive success. Um, so we have adapted some of the Be a Tiger and some of the other things that I had talked a lot about at Princeton to, to the LPGA. Well, you know what? I'm going to steal a couple of your letters. Because I think if they follow your proactive lead, then you go right there. So you got L, you got to be a leader. You know, you have to, you have the P, so you have to perform, you know, whether you're on the course or you're one of the teams supporting, you know, that complex organization, the G, you certainly have to be growth minded, right? And A, there's no one more authentic than you. So you can steal that one right there, LPGA, all right? Lead, perform, oh, growth minded and authentic. You were thinking about this, I think, before this call. You knew that. Yeah. But I think also, what about accountable? The the A is a pretty good one. Growth-minded and accountable are two really, really important words. So um, I love that, Keith. Way to go. Well, you know what? I, I, I wanted to step away from being a tiger because you're much more than that now. So take it for what it is. Just a little fun for you because I love these types of leadership development conversations. I go down them all the time with my guests week in and week out. I want to dig in and find out how we can be at our best and, and how we are going to move forward and how we are going to you know, tackle the challenges that life presents, which takes me to my next question is that you, know, you had the Golf Digest article interview back in December and you laid out a couple of key strategic initiatives. But I, I want to know... In your mind, what do you want to really go after in 2022 and beyond for the LPGA? Yeah, I mean, I think we have, um, you know, we have some big picture goals that we're working on that everything kind of falls into one of those buckets. I mean, I think first we we are the leading golf, uh, the world's leading golf organization, and it's not just about the the tour. You know, we we have the the foundation, which includes. Our, our tremendous girls golf program, our LPGA professionals, our, our amateur program and our women's network um, leading up to the, the tour. And so we want to continue to think of ourselves as the, the world's leading uh, women's golf organization where uh, women from all parts of the world and all parts of life come together um, to, to live their dreams. So, and there's a lot that goes into that, but um, that's kind of a, a big pillar to continue to, to search for excellence there. I think we're looking for uh, performance excellence. You know, I talked a lot about that, as you know, at Princeton is how do we develop the, the culture and the policies and the 
support systems for the players, but uh, all the members and the staff to perform at their best. So I think a lot about our LPGA players and what they need to do to reach their peak performance. And that goes to the environment on the tour, the the schedule, the flow of the schedule from a geographic standpoint, um, from a time zone standpoint. And so we're working really hard on that and creating the, 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 the best possible import, uh, per- performance environment for our players. I think we're working really hard at differentiating and strengthening the the LPGA brand. You know, I think we have been around for 71, coming on our 72nd year as a women's professional sports organization and have done remarkable things over those 72 years as a standalone women's sports organization. And how do we continue to have the world know that story? And that comes through marketing and branding and, um, you know, sort of finding new fans, engaging new fans that maybe don't know uh, as much as they should about our amazing um, athletes and amazing players. And so there's lots of ways we do that, obviously, through our through our broadcast, through social media, through uh, marketing programs and plans. So we're really, really focused on that, focused in, in, similarly on the technology that we use on the on the tour and, and in our broadcasts. Um, we, as I talked about before, I believe golf is a great differentiator in life, and, and it's, um, it's our responsibility to give this remarkable game to as many people as we can. And so we're talking about changing the face of golf. You know, how, how do we make sure this sport is accessible and available to people from all different backgrounds um, and socioeconomic, uh, you know, sort of uh, backgrounds that can, can use this game to change their lives in a positive way? Um, and then really, from my perspective, we're thinking about how do we build a foundation for organizational growth and sustainability? You know, h- how do we go from surviving to truly th- thriving? And and um, so that, that means investing in our growth. We feel like this is kind of our time. We feel like there's great momentum in golf. We feel like there's great momentum in women's golf. Uh, the world has t- taken notice at, at our remarkable athletes and what we can do. And so we want to make sure we invest in that in that growth. So, you know, we could dive into every level of each of those things, but that's a little bit the direction that, that we're headed. Well, I tell you, I appreciate the 30,000 foot view there. Uh, I, I want to go back to the best performance environment. I love that strategic message. And there's a couple of reasons why, because not only does it take your superstars and bring them to another level, but it also engages the fans. It also increases that that fan level of enjoyment, not only the experience at the tournament, but on TV and through social media and all those other things. Uh, if I was going to throw another A out there, it would be all in. If there's one thing I always feel about is that your players are always all into whatever it is that you are doing. And uh, I think kudos to that for all the leadership of the LPGA over a number of years, but at least the last 25 years where the players have really come up and, you know, like maybe they've mentored and apprenticed each other in being really involved in promoting that brand. And that's one of the things that gets me the most excited about what the LPGA brings to the table. So I, I love the performance initiative part of it. Yeah, no, the, the 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 that's the another really unique thing about the LPGA is that the the players it's their organization. I, I mean, truly, it is their organization, but they see it as their organization. They they see it as um, the, their job to not only grow their own individual performance, but to make the tour better every day. You know, that one of the big mantras is you know leave leave the game and leave the tour better than when you when you found it. And they take that to heart. And you, I have learned so much from our players. 
um, not just about the LPGA, but about life. You know, they are truly, as you said, all in and committed to this organization. And in order for us to be successful, we need that. You know, we need everybody to play their role, everybody to um, participate in the growth. And I always say this, and I know you, this is another one of my things I always say, but, you know, together, there's really kind of nothing that we can't do. And similarly, that's my role is to, to serve them, to serve the organization, to figure out how I can help them reach their and reach their goals and, and live their dreams through this game. But they also see it as, hey, they're out, they're, their job is to make the LPGA better than when they, they found it. And they take that to heart. And that's pretty unique, I think, in an organization like ours. Hey, there's no better feeling than collective achievement. Right. And, and I tell you, some people might say you guys have challenges, but challenges are just opportunities in disguise. There's no doubt about that. And I know you are the perfect person to take the proactive lead here. Now, I have to be a little proactive myself. Um, I'm getting the high sign from my producer here to do a quick break. Could you hold tight for a second, Molly? Absolutely. All right. Up next more with the LPGA's compelling competitor, Molly Marcuse-Saman. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers. Then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And watch exclusively on ESPN+. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. It's the pro show and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to ESPN 920. You'll learn very quickly once you meet our guest, Molly Marcuse-Saman. She can motivate you in a number of ways. From cap and gown to the Solheim Cup, her ability to elevate everyone around her is legendary. So sit back, enjoy the vibe, and let's see what else we can learn from one of Princeton's most proactive leaders. It's just one of those fun Friday afternoons here on the Pro Show, and we are joined by a very good friend of mine, Molly Marcuse-Saman. She is the LPGA's commissioner. Molly, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Keith. I like that song you were just playing, too. That was uh, I, I'm not sure you've dug how, how deeply you've dug into my past, but you said cap and gown, and, you, and then you played ABC. I mean, I think maybe you've dug a little too deep here, Keith. Well, you know what? That's for you to bring up. I'm just I'm just planting seeds. If the tree grows, it grows, right? No, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you know me. I was always the director of fun from across the street, you know, and I, I pay attention to the little things, the details, you know, like the first time you ever showed up to play golf was the Princeton Friends of Lacrosse outing and you made a hole in one, you know, and it's just one of those things where those moments in our lives kind of define our relationships. And you guys had a defining moment when it comes to the USGA and promoting your brand. And not only that, but really equality in profession, professional women's sports. Tell me a little bit about how big the announcement was last week that Mike Wan and the USGA made when it comes to the Women's U.S. Open. Yeah, I mean, was that I, I said as I was on the panel, you know, I woke up that morning and I was like, this is a this is a, a big day for the LPGA, for women's golf, for women's sports going from five and a half million to, to 10 million. 
that's a that's a quantum leap and and um what it says about where women's sports is going i think we we don't have to to search very far to see that i mean i think um you know so so for me not only for the practical purposes of taking our purses to 90 million dollars our women are playing for for big stakes across the course over the course of the whole tour but to say listen it's time for us to think about equity and it's time to think about these hundred and some 150 best players in the world. And actually the U S open gives opportunities for, for even a larger group of women to, to play for at that high stakes. Um, it means a lot. And the U S open has always meant a lot. And, and, you know, as a, as a little kid, you always say, you know, I'm, I'm putting for the, the U S open championship and it's Molly Marku four feet for the win. But even, you know, in my, you'll laugh at this, but as I'm playing, I always, I don't make great choices on the golf course. I, I don't have great course management. I always kind of just go for it when there's a shot that I should be just, you know, chipping out and taking a safe shot. That's not what I do. And I always go, well, it's not for the U.S. Open, right? It's not for we're not playing in the U.S. Open, but but now like that's even more, um, you know, sort of the stakes are even higher uh, on that. So I think it's great on the kind of the the specific level for our tour and the persons that they're playing for and the opportunities that our women have. But I think it also says, hey, the world's changing, and for uh, for women athletes to be playing for those kind of dollars, it just says that people get how uh, good they are and how important this is and what talent they have. And, and uh, the, the purses are, are much more commensurate with their talents. We still have a ways to go, but we're, we're, we've got great partners who see the value in us and, and, and our women. And so it was a big day and I, I couldn't stop smiling throughout the course of, of the day and actually in the, in the reflecting back on it. To everyone listening, to put this in perspective, the 2021 last year men's at Torrey Pines U.S. Open purse was $12.5 million. And now, just a year later, the women's purse is going to be $10 million. I mean, that is a quantum leap in, in a lot of ways. But most important, in the philosophy that, you know what, if people are going to be professional athletes, whether they are a man or a woman, that they can go and play for a lot of money. And that sponsors and people and fans will all get engaged and they'll get behind that. And there's so many different ways to get engaged, Molly. One of the ones that was interesting to me that I learned about last week was that you guys have now partnered up with the same people that the PGA Tour did, IMG Arena. Now, th- these are one of these things. I am big into the betting landscape. All right. I, I, I own a business in which we talk about, you know, gambling and golf. And I believe it it does a lot for the future of the game and growing the game and engaging others. But for you all to make that partnership with IMG Arena over there in London and the statistical data that's going to come through is going to engage people to your players even more. Tell me a little bit more about how excited you are and where you kind of see the future of not even just betting, but fan engagement comes from with a partnership like this. Yeah, and again, as I said before, one of our pillars and one of our goals is to to get the world to to know our players um, a little bit better because I think what they'll find is a not only remarkable talent, but inspiring women. And so with, through the betting, I think you have that, uh, you, you just give people a little bit more of a personal stake in, in, in our players. And, um, you know, you're, you're always wanting to watch people you know and who you have a, a stake in and who you're connected to through either community or through 
some some reason to be connected. And I think that's what, what this uh, betting opportunity will do. And fan engagement for us is hugely important um, because that, that, that the world should know and be inspired by our athletes. So that's just another, this is just another way to do that. So we're really excited. There's still some, um, uh, we obviously have some areas that we have to continue to grow in to, to provide this opportunity across a lot of different platforms. And um, we're working on it, but this is the first step teaming up with um, with, with IMG and, and um, you know, getting this off the ground is really important. We have some phenomenal partners that we've been working on, on our, on our data. Um, and, you know, we're really grateful for KPMG for their performance insight program. And that's growing and, and getting better and, and being able to provide that data um, is really, really important. And we're taking big steps there and we're, we're grateful to them for their support in that. So I think we're moving all in the right direction. And this um, IMG Arena deal is just another example of that. So, um, yeah, and again, right, when you're, when, you're, when you're invested in it personally, you're, you're more engaged. And I think people will stand up and take notice and just give another opportunity for our women to inspire. You know what? It's an important point for everyone listening. And that is, is that the average viewer of golf is about 64 years old. All right. So they're in their 60s and the average better is in their 30s. And if the, if there's anything that the generations behind us, Molly, have taught us is that the way that they, you know, kind of invest in sports is more on an individual basis. Well, there's no better sport than golf with which to invest on an individual basis. You know, whether it was fantasy or anything else, this is what really connects people to the game and has them watch content that you all create and has them, you know, you get more involved using technology to connect them to the stories and the players and everything. So I, I think this is just a huge move and, and I think it's really cool what the team has done there in order to kind of follow suit with the PGA tour and, and get more people. I mean, you know me, I'm a PGA professional. I love to grow the game and I think this is a modern way of doing it. So kudos on that. I'm, I'm really happy for you guys. Yeah. And it's just, you know, listen, sports are supposed to be fun and they're, they're supposed to bring people in. And I always say that, you know, sports build leaders on the individual level, but they also build community and they, where else in life do you get to raise your arms and cheer as a collective for something and, and to be so invested in someone else's success and to, to cheer people on both, you know, sort of actually physically, you know, standing up and clapping and cheering and rooting people on and, and getting more people to, to have something to look forward to and to have some more connection to, to our athletes is really fun. And, and that's what sports really does. And that's why I've always just loved and valued uh, sports as a whole. And I think, as you said, golf, we've always, always thought that golf has this really unique ability to do that. And then I think when you get to know our players um, through the, the content that we're going to be developing and that we're going to be pushing out to different channels, I think you'll be that much more invested and have that much more fun. And be, as I said before, that much more inspired by our remarkable women. Well, Molly Marcus-Saman, LPGA commissioner, I really appreciate your investment in this interview, but I have one more request. There's a big tradition that we do here on the show, and my listeners love to get my get to know my guests a little bit more on an intimate level. So, you up for a little rapid fire Q&A? I am as long as you you go gently with me, um, Keith, but yes, I'm ready. Well, have you enjoyed your playlist so far today? I have very much. All right. Well, as long as, you know, as long as we're bringing a smile to your face, you know, that's for sure. So keep an open mind and have some fun here. All right. Na- good. Name an athlete you looked up to as a kid. Um, I would say Nancy Lopez. Biggest pet peeve you have in an airport. 
of sitting on the uh, on the sitting in the um, the window seat. I can't do it. Describe your job in one word. Complex. Name one Christmas gift you received. Um, uh, electron electric socks. Ooh, in Florida. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. I'm always cold. We were up in Long Island, but my kids love to know that I'm always cold. What's the best sporting event you ever attended? Solheim Cup. As a successful person, name something you do every day. Um, I try to get some exercise. Would you rather travel to the past or the future? Oh, the future. Name someone who inspires you. Oh, boy, there's so many people that inspire me. I, I think... Um, I'm going to go with my mother because she's just, she knows what she believes in. She's got really strong values and she's always supporting her family. And I think that's kind of who I want to be. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with my mom. If you were a teacher at Ithaca high school, what subject would you teach? <laughs> they wouldn't want me teaching anything. Um, I would probably teach. Oh boy. I'd probably be best at teaching gym, to be honest with you, but I'd probably want to teach psychology. What personal trait most defines who you are? I would say passionate. Ooh, I tell you what, you and I share that one. I love to be a passionate person myself. Molly Marcoux. You gotta be in it. Yeah, you gotta be in it to win it for sure. You know, the world loves to make comparisons all the time, but you and I both know that comparison is the thief of joy, right? <laughs> Go at it with a smile on your face and have some passion and you'll come out on the other side as a winner and you can raise those arms just like you eloquently put. I really enjoyed the time this afternoon. Thanks for being with us. Keith, this was a lot of fun and you definitely put a big smile on my face. I can't believe the research you've done. A lot of inside little moments there, but uh, this was really fun and congrats to all your success and um, look forward to continuing to stay in touch. Here we go, running into 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with the weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it, 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. 
Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know, there's a couple cool things I mention each week about this time on the show. They may sound routine, but you wouldn't believe the difference these little details make each year when we're all starting over. Here we go. Let's start with 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Just hit that Listen Now button. You can hear us all over the world. And if you missed hearing us, then get to one of those platforms, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. I'll post the show tonight. You know I love my posts, so get on Twitter or Instagram, at KJStewartPGA, for everything on the show. And you know what? Subscribe, read, and win. Readtheline.com. Get on there and become a member. You know, thanks to Molly for joining us. What a cool commissioner. I'm loving this song, Wade. Let's start happy hour earlier today. Turn it up. It's the beginning of a new year. And you know what that means? New products from our friends at TaylorMade. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Because over the past 40 years, golfers have inspired TaylorMade to make a lot of great drivers. But as we all know, they eventually reached their limit. TaylorMade has been hard at work making the next generation of drivers. Because where titanium ends, carbon begins, Wade Weezer. 20 years in the making, the carbon wood age is here. Head over to TaylorMade.com to learn more about how the all-new Stealth Driver's 60-layer carbon face, not 59. It's a lot of layers. Not 58 layers. 60-layer carbon face will give you better energy transfer for more ball speed. And we all need more ball speed in 2022. And you're only going to get it from TaylorMade. Check them out at TaylorMadeGolf.com. It's all about the ball speed it is applies to so many things in life i'm glad you brought it up i'm telling you i'm telling you you increase your ball speed in 2022 well you know what let's just get going here on the update move it buddy that's one whale of a story you know one would think that shooting a 65 or better in each of his four rounds would have afforded cam smith some stress-free nights sleeping on a lead over there in hawaii however that was not the case at this week's century tournament of champions where carding 65 wasn't much better than the field average each day. Restless sleeps, Smith said. I feel like I spent a lot of time looking at the ceiling in bed this week. I think he was like Peter Peter Brady waiting for the tarantula. That's right. You know? Anyway, his 72-hole performance bested Ernie L's previous tour record set at the 2003 Tournament of Champions by three strokes, and he beat the number one player in the world, John Rahm. You know, so how did he keep his composure with a self-admitted scratchy record stringing together four really good rounds while also holding off the world number one while also staying up at night? Well, he was calm as he looked strolling down Kapalua's sprawling fairways. Was Smith calm? No, definitely not. 
My caddy and I do such a great job, I think, in between shots to get our minds off golf. So that's something that we really did over the weekend. We were just talking about anything, to be honest. For most of it, we were watching whales. You know, said, said the fisherman Smith, who he's been known to be, and he garnered headlines last season when he said that if he had won the $15 million FedEx Cup, that, you know, do you need anything? And he said, no, I'm pretty much all set. Well, he just won $1.5 million in a winner's check on Sunday. And uh, Smith again was asked what he would do with the money. He says, I don't know. He goes, I have to sleep on that one, to be honest. I mean, I'm quite content with where I'm at. I know my mom's car probably getting four or five years old. So maybe maybe a new car for mom. Four years old? Oh, my yeah. God. If you've seen Cam Smith, maybe a haircut with maybe, the $1.5 yeah. I you have know? a bad haircut. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I'm not an attractive person. There you go. Show me the money. Oh, we sorry. All right. Pay me. Pay me. Yeah, Pay I me. tell you, the golf the golf channel coverage, I mean, they had more whales breaching in that <laughs> than they did birdies. It was unbelievable. All right, we'll get back to this. Show me the money. From the Fire Pit Collective's Ryan French, last month's Big Money Classic is the latest and maybe most outrageous example of a mini-tour big pay tourney gone wrong. It lured players into paying a $2,799 entry fee with the promise of a $100,000 payout to the winner, which is life-changing money to mini-tour grinders who often live paycheck to paycheck. Big money! But... The BMC has failed to deliver. At least 24 players haven't been paid their winnings. The host golf course, uh, the PGA section that provided the rules officials, they all haven't been paid. The players who signed up for future events and their entry fees haven't been refunded. How did we get here? You suck! The inaugural Big Money Classic was played last January with a $400,000 purse, and all the players got paid, though it took a while for some. Now, the man at the center of this storm is Dustin Manning, owner and operator of Big Money LLC and the Big Money Classic. He has run a small-time business out of Indianapolis training and supplying baseball umpires and worked as an assistant golf pro in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, those assistant golf pros. Well, the short history of the BMC does not offer much promise. The first event was messy. They had an Instagram model who emceed a long drive contest. The Pro-Am featured vodka-stocked carts and drove around the golf course. (laughs) Final round tee times that were pushed back two hours after a large number of players and BMC staff were out late the night before. Um... You know, that particular purse was paid out in installments. So it hasn't really it hasn't really gone very well so far for the big money classic. And, um, you know, Manning himself, he has retained both a civil and criminal attorney. He says he doesn't believe he has committed a criminal act, but wants to protect himself, protect himself. Knowing the desperate nature of most mini tour professionals like I do and their their need for funds, this guy better look into a New Year's vacation in Fiji. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's a lesson in all this, Wade. What is that? Uh, when something's called the Big Money Tour, before you sign up, make sure they show you the money. Definitely. Show me the money. Just like that. <laughs> Tom Cruise would have sued us if we used the regular version, so we had to use that one. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We don't want to get Cuba nope. bent out of shape. Uh, say that again. He did what? Ask any handicapped golfer their dream shot, and in most cases, it will be an elusive hole-in-one. Some may even say recording a double eagle. Imagine then recording both in a five-hole stretch. Well, Rowan McCarthy... A 20 handicapper playing Wembley Golf Course in Perth, Australia, did just that. On the 12th hole, he had a hole-in-one with a beautiful 7-iron. Then, a couple holes later on the 15th, he had an albatross on the par-5 downhill hole using the bank, ran the ball up on the green, and into the hole. According to the golfer himself, statistically, the chances of a hole-in-one are 1 in 12,000, 
and an albatross, six million to one. So the odds of both in a round are like seventy-two billion to one. So you're saying there's a chance? So, yes, yes. <laughs> so Rowan had five pars, six bogeys, two doubles, and three triple bogeys, accompanying the ace and the albatross. You know what? The best part of this whole story is Wade. What's that? His handle on Instagram is Shank Magic. <laughs> and that's your pro show update for the week ending January fourteenth, two thousand and twenty-two. Many thanks to our sponsors, Taylor May Golf and, of course, the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Next week on the show, we have European Ryder Cup participant and legend Tony Jacklin. Now, Wade Weezer, you better be ready for that because, of course, I know you were ready today for Molly and everything that she offered our show. You know what? We put all this together because we love our listeners. And before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about being approachable. First impressions are less than 10% verbal. Use friendly body language as the key to inviting others into your world. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.